Hey there, friends. Welcome to episode 147 of the Becoming Human podcast. This episode features Pola and Lamont. Uh, They're yoga teachers, dance performers, and together they wrote their book, Neo Sutras, Yoga for Love and Intimacies. Neo Sutras has 50 asanas designed to strengthen the connection between partners. If we've learned anything about ourselves through recreation, like managing fear in rock climbing, fighting in martial arts, or maintaining your pace in a long run, you could infer that playing in spontaneous or synchronized movement with a partner would expose you to a unique state of mind, where you can gain new knowledge and experience about yourself and other people. What better way to learn how to touch, respect, and be comfortable with yourself than to read Paul and Lamont's book and give their techniques a try? Or by engaging with, you know, physical play with your partner. I reached out to them uh, to be a guest on the podcast because I love how they've incorporated movement into their lives. Movement is the opportunity to reach ecstatic states. And it also happens to help with your health. We often view these things as as a chore when we, um, maybe when we first get into uh, becoming... I guess, fit or expressing ourselves physically. Um, There's a lot more to that, you know, and usually uh, even in like a world driven by like a discipline driven by fitness and calisthenics and, um, you know, like Olympic lifting and stuff, uh, all of that is just in the pursuit of a goal for whatever reason it is for you. And oftentimes just for the sake of health just doesn't cut it. But Polo and Lamont, they, they're the people who've like bridged that gap for me in their own unique way. They love to move and they found ways to express themselves through that movement. And they're the healthier for it. You could uh, check them out on Instagram at Neosutras and you can find their book on neosutras.net. And I'll leave the links to that in the show notes. They also have incredible clips of their individual dance performances and um, performances that they've done together on YouTube. And I'll be sure to leave all the links to that in the show notes or on the website, becominghumanpodcast.com. I'm going to play you in with a track by East Forest and featuring Ram Dass. Uh, And then we're going to get to the interview. Enjoy. have you guys been um doing dance hello well <laughs> well uh yeah, thank you for having us first yeah 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 th- yeah uh, thank you for having us first and foremost uh we both uh, come from different uh dance backgrounds so that that was our main thing and then we were both doing yoga at the same time but Paula can elaborate on her side and then I can talk about my side as well mm-hmm. uh, I started uh doing dance in Siberia that's where I'm from uh and uh it, it was a quite interesting and long journey. I've been dancing in best uh, dance companies in Russia, diverse styles, modern contemporary in the first company and in the other company, completely other, uh, completely opposite street style dance. Um, and uh, during my career, I just had a lot of complications with my health. So it leads me to do Pilates and I start doing Pilates and teach Pilates after a certain amount of years. And then when I moved to U.S., 
uh, actually in Bali first, when I was in Bali first, um, I start to feel something else and I start to feel call to discover something more beyond the body. How can I actually explore myself, my consciousness, my spirituality? And I met a fantastic people who played a huge role in my life and introduced me to spiritual yoga practice. So spiritual was, yoga practice. Yeah, because people taking yoga is just a certain amount of asanas. Mm -hmm. It's like just the poses. And if you're going to do these poses, you're going to become a healthier person. Mm -hmm. But yoga, asana is just a little tiny part of yoga. Uh, so they helped me, my teachers helped me to understand the spiritual aspect behind it. What to feel, how actually it's possible to feel it how to meditate, meditate during uh, your yoga practice. And that's completely other dimension. So, so like, is, in terms of like a spiritual practice, just for like, for people who, who haven't, who would look at yoga, like from an outside perspective, I could see um, yoga on like a surface level as a way to, you know, attain some level of fitness, right? And to me, I've realized that like, that's actually a deeper question overall, which is like, why do you want to be, you know, fit or, or healthy, right? You have this ambition to like, um, achieve this, this thing that you have inside of your mind. Do you, is it this like chore so that you can be like, you know, live for a long period of time. And I find that when I do yoga or really anything running, you know, that that's not really enough because there's all these other experiences inside of there. Like I have to want to, in my heart, like have these kinds of experiences and not just for them to be a means to an end. Like I, I have to, and I find that putting myself in these um, feelings, like if I'm doing like, um, you know, a yoga pose or a yoga pose and it, it creates a lot of tension inside of me that that's, and then I have a release of that tension when I leave that pose and go into like a resting position, maybe that that's the, that's why I'm there is to mm -hmm. feel that whole range of emotion and not try to like run away from that discomfort, but be able to sit with myself there and not strive to be like really strong or capable and, and just be with myself. And that made me realize that like yoga and exercise was more than just doing movements. Um, but it was about having a relationship with myself that comes from a perspective from someone who has no, I no like teaching or context in that. And I have all of the curiosity. I I'd love to learn about your experience, the both of you and your, your experience, Paula, from, from what that looks like, uh, the spirituality side from an outsider point of view, if you guys could like kind of draw that out, cause that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I, I think Lamont's story is also very interesting. And then after he will yes. uh, explain, I will elaborate a little bit on that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So pretty much I, I grew up in a not so family uh, structure. So I define inspiration and motivation through different means through uh, film, superheroes, martial arts, movies, and all that good stuff. So that was my inspiration. And so I was really drawn to movement. Um, and so I grew up in junior high doing like a lot of like, um, the house dancing, uh, flipping in the fields, you know, backflips and stuff like that. But it wasn't until years later, I got introduced to breakdancing, b-boying. I was really inspired by that. 
And so Law of Attraction Manifestation, I actually ran into a bunch of friends in a mall that were doing some breakdancing. And I was really inspired by that, and, you know, that they're actually doing something that I wanted to learn in that moment. And so I jumped in the circle and did something. They're like, oh, wow, like you're pretty good, you know, pretty amazing. I'm like, wow. So that really gave me motivation and like inspiration to to get into that practice. And so I was really drawn and just dedicated to the art of breakdancing and b-boying because it taught me so many things about myself and how to master certain movements and how to compete, you know, like with other dancers and then getting getting uh getting into a crew of other dancers and b-boys and learning how to build uh movements you know together so that was a huge part of my life and i did that for about 15 20 years of this competitions battling uh traveling the world um all the, all these you know um all these amazing things and then i had got into acrobatics which was more of like a circus training it was um it was a different discipline more fine-tuned on like this the 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 more control and stability of like handstands and arm balances so that was another discipline that i've pretty much adopted to my practice um then i was drawn to yoga because yoga was more of like at first like aesthetically i wanted to get into it because i wanted to have more flexible movements and and create like new postures so uh the aesthetic aspect was really attractive you know to me but then when i took my first yoga class I realized that it, it, it was so much more than just that. And so I felt like a really deep connection with my body. And I knew um, that I needed to really focus on honoring you know, my temple through the yoga practice. And so um, years later, I went through you know some hard times and I got back on track in life. And so I created Sarva Yoga. And so essentially like movement has always been like my my savior and 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 my salvation. So so for me, honestly, the asana and the poses is what really like inspired me and got me into my practice. Everybody has their viewpoint, but for me, the poses themselves taught me so much discipline about myself that you can't just wake up in the morning and, and really achieve these movements or poses. Poses is really about uh, practice, dedication, and focus until you master it. And then from that understanding, you learn uh, so much more. But that's just my viewpoint on the asana because everybody has theirs and that's mine. And so um, we, me, and, me and Paula had met on social media about three years ago and that's how the new Sutra's journey started. So she can elaborate more on that, but that's pretty much my story. But movement and dancing and the hybrid of, you know, of um, all these different modalities of art forms really inspired mm. me a lot and kept me afloat. And that's how Sab Yoga was born. Wow, that's that's cool. Sounds like when you were young, that you know, uh, dancing was a way to to get a sense of community and like you know a sense of belonging, and, and yeah. also like to get confidence through building a skill set. Because mm. I, I find it interesting that we talk to children a lot, where it's like you know you try to instill confidence or encourage them to be confident, but then you find that like these these other kinds of ways where like if you get just something that you might find interest in, you know, and building that skill set and finding mm -hmm. your sense of belonging and your sense of self-worth through your ability to do that, um, that activity or that skill with your friends. And I could see how you get older, though, that that might, uh, that might not work for so long, because then you don't want to build your self-worth into the things that you're good at. <laughs> right? Interesting. Yeah, well, it's, uh, yeah, interesting viewpoint. 
to, to follow up with that. But I just know that I was always like, there's no way that I can learn how to do head spins. Like yeah. I'm going to fight and do my best. And so I made it a goal and a purpose to, to like learn this move. Mm -hmm. And after one year of like everyday blood, sweat and tears, I actually achieved what I wanted to learn. And so that changed like my thought process about anything that's possible. If you really just put your mind to it. And so if, if like, if someone says, Oh, I'm too old or I'm too young or like, I can't do this. I feel like it's, it's a huge excuse. Like yeah. There, yeah. there's no excuse. Like but, if you put your mind to something, anything is possible. And the, 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 the interesting thing about that as you're going for the head spin is, is that the, the moments where you're not able to do that, you have to be able or you it's a practice and learning to be OK that you showing up and not doing it, but practicing is enough and mm -hmm. that you're like, don't get caught up in this like judgment thing to where mm -hmm. you're not able to show up properly in practice. But then mm -hmm. one day you do get it and it feels amazing all of that like waiting and belief and like faith for it to be able to come to um, for you to be able to do it through all this tried and true blood, sweat and tears. And then mm -hmm. it happens is like a testament to being able to have faith and confidence in yourself, despite not being able to achieve a goal in the moment. And that's where I think like what you were saying, these is a framework to be able to develop our own selves, you know, um, for if you see it that way, or if that's your perspective, um, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. You know, mm -hmm. I just, I just really believe in like, I've always wanted to master something and it's, it's really possible. And so when you actually master something, you're like really inspired to like, okay, well, what else can I learn? You know, mm -hmm. you know, what else can I do? You know, what else is possible? And you just keep, you know, keep that, keep that mindset and it, it, you know, it'll, it'll really take you far. Like her flexibility mm -hmm. is incredible. And so I know that, she didn't just wake up in the morning and just have these habit, you know, it's like she really had to believe in herself, have the, have the drive and the visualization to say, okay, this is the goal and I'm going to get there and I don't care how, but I got to mm -hmm. get there. And, and there you go. And so law of attraction manifestation thoughts become things. It's super important to visualize what you want and then therefore it will manifest. And this happens with anything in life, business, finance, relationships, you can really get that if you really just fine tune and just laser focus on the goal and you'll definitely have it. Mm -hmm. And uh, Paula, does that, is that all tie into the spiritual practice stuff that you were learning or is that completely divergent um, kind of teaching? Uh, look at the physical activity and if you're talking about yoga specifically, from an absolutely different angle, stepping away from just a physical, physical uh, subject, because we are physical beings, but we're so much more than that. We're spiritual beings in the physical bodies. And when we are training our physical body, there is a lot of transformation happening on the way in your consciousness, and in your mind. And um, I'm looking at yoga as a vocabulary which you are performing with your body and when you perform in each asana it's like activation of certain codes in your body and we have multiple of, of those codes codes of energy you know uh, you activate in certain energies in your in your body and this energy provoking certain emotions 
like we start to in certain poses when we, we may become certain very vulnerable or um super inspired or empowered like each pose have their own way to awaken different powers within us and so when we starting to listen during the activity during the practice what's happening with our emotions and feelings and get more engaged with those we know so much more about ourselves our behaviors our talents our potential and so that's how i'm looking into any physical practice and um being the person who was goal getter and who wasn't really paying attention on how i was feeling during i was reaching this goal during the process sometime i was hurt um and i wasn't listening to my body uh, my strong belief that and we mean lamont was talking about it it's moving from fitness to conscious movement or conscious fitness is when you're not just pushing yourself mm -hmm. is when you listen and in your cooperating with your body mm -hmm. uh and your body is such a fantastic instrument it will listen to you if you're gonna collaborate with it mm -hmm. if you're not dust it or if you're not going to abuse it uh and when we become in friends with our body body corresponding back we're receiving a lot of messages we're receiving a lot of like messages if i will translate it how do we feel when we're receiving those messages it's our intuition mm -hmm. we cannot feel it with our physical body and can i just give like a little context to that because what you're what you're describing reminds me of something that i discovered with like trail running or or that i've been working out which is how do i know that i'm hungry and I think it's interesting that I feel like what you're talking about, where you have this conversation between your mind and your body and the signals that you receive and all of the thoughts that wind up as a result. And like, I will get a sensation in my stomach that's discomfort. And there's all different kinds of discomfort. Um, and I could describe those in detail, but I'll s save you the trouble. Um, and if I always just give it hunger, I find that I don't, um, that if I'm sitting around in just, you know, sedentary life, I don't really notice any of the signs in my body because I'm not doing something very intense. But when I'm out running, if I have a sensation of like queasiness, sharp pain in my stomach, or maybe like a, a twisting, or um, there's like a, a hollow pang, those are all different like feelings and I'm getting a better vocabulary for them. Um, but if I answer it all with food, I can make myself sick. If I answer it with like speed up, you know, or add more water, it doesn't always work. So I've been figuring out how to listen to my stomach and understand the different sensations. Like, you know, it's almost like being able to see a full color spectrum. And, and then I have different solutions to different sensations. And I didn't realize that my stomach can feel all different kinds of ways and it can mean yeah. all different kinds of things. And then mm -hmm. I just realized that like, oh, it's not eat 300 calories an hour. It's like, how do I feel? Oh, am I bored? Is my stomach in pain because of, you know, what I ate of my, is this a sickness? So do I move slower and give it grace? Or do I, um, do I put food in it? And, mm -hmm. 
am I am I correct in drawing the the conclusion that that is what you're talking about, but on like the whole general scope of it all in your mind body connection and reading the signals mm-hmm. and emotions that you receive? Yeah, you know, in in this period of time we're living, we're attempting to count everything, mm-hmm. to uh, really overthink everything, mm-hmm. and we are transitioned from living with our heart to live with our mind but it should be quite opposite we should feel first and your intestine actually is good that you touch that subject our intestine is our antenna and so that's why it's so important to keep your intestine healthy and clean because we feel everything right here in our stomach if we're nervous we're going to feel it here if we're excited we feel it here if we have a first date we're going to feel it here so the stomach is, a, is an antenna which is connecting us with this invisible, invisible world. And um, we just should simply listen to it and use the brain to kind of put things together, but not to count calories so much. Like we should more feel, okay, am I hungry right now? Is my body hungry? Body will tell you when it's hungry. Very simple. If you're hungry, okay, put your tongue, fulfill your tongue, but stop when it's not hungry anymore. If we are listening to our body, when it's tired, lie down. When you feel uh, like extra energy, when you feel nervous, agitated, angry, transfer it into the practice. Vent it healthy way. Start to practice your body. And this is what yoga do. Yoga is only one practice created by, I don't know who I, I am assuming, some very wise human being, which connects all those elements together. It's the only practice which increasing your flexibility, your strength, your balance, your meditative abilities, your stamina, uh, and spirituality. Spirituality, and it leads towards the longevity and towards me and Lamont was talking about it. It's so fantastic that we're getting older in the perspective, in the human perspective, we're getting older. But we're getting younger every every year because we can do so much more than we could last year. And with yoga, it's if you practice it right, if it's not commercial yoga, what we can acknowledge a lot right now, and it's not just an asana, but if you in-depth, if you listen to your body, if you're transitioning from one pose to another pose, you're guiding yourself gently, you see the progress, you see what emotions popping up, then you will be able to do more and more every single day, but with the pleasure, not with the soreness, with, ex- with exhaustion. And when you were talking about the sensations in your, uh, <laughs> in your stomach, it was, I believe, it's happening only because in certain periods of time, you, we wasn't listening to ourselves and we was abusing our body. And so when we are doing sport, actually any kind, the sport is a magic which helps to pinpoint what is wrong with the body. Body going to hurt or make a signal exactly in the area where it was wrong or something was dormant or abused before. That's how people, when they're like, oh, I didn't do sport, I felt great, now I'm exercising, my hip hurts, my knee hurts, my back hurts. 
it's just because you wasn't taking care about it indicators. Yeah. It's indicators. It's so a fantastic doctor. It's not even doctor. What's the name of the doctor for making the diagnose diagnostic? Diagnostics? Yeah, it's a self-diagnostic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I feel like we have to reprogram our minds to be more we have to reprogram to update new programs. So we're conditioned by society and the system of how to think or what to believe versus just listening to ourselves and our intuition. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's where I, I find it interesting with, as I get into the running thing, you have, you know, watches, uh, the, the watches will tell you when to eat, when to drink and, and all these things. And you have physiology, like a physiologist that I really admire. He does a podcast called the science of ultra. And, um, he talks about like, you know, you have like a, you know, a several thousand year old supercomputer right here. And it's like, you're building your understanding and your 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 communication with that's really important. And I like that because it's like it gets to the point where for me, um, and I know it's not for everybody, but for running and all these other things is a way to connect with myself more. I love running. I love running. Yeah. It was a lot more than I do, but I used to run every day. But now I my my thing is like I, I'm like torn between running a lot because now I lose my flexibility. So it's it's a bit thing but running is like the best thing like i love it so much but 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 not so much like a balance of Mm -hmm. the running and that's what i what i found for for my own self and i thought though from the outside looking in before i got into this it's like oh you you know you run to be competitive um and i thought that's why i would spend my time at this and that's what the success looks like and i feel like a lot of these things from the outside looking in could be like that where it's like, oh, you try to get the best or you try to get the highest. And then I get into it and I realize that, oh, no, running like teaches me not to overeat. Running teaches me when I'm thirsty or not, if I let it, that is. And it's like, you know, I get to learn repetition and enjoying the mundane and and loving, you know, nature, all these other things. But if I didn't go and run, I wouldn't have had those kinds of experiences. Um, and it's interesting because like, I, I even find with the yoga, like yoga poses, um, it reminds me a lot of other f- things that I experience in recreation, where if I want to go and meet what I'm like, when I'm trying to manage fear, um, and anxiety, I can go and put myself in a rock climbing scenario. And in rock climbing, it's like, there's this part of me that I get to meet that I don't get to meet in everyday life. And then when I go run, it seems like this other part of me. But when I've done yoga in each of these poses, I feel like I get that in the individual pose. Mm-hmm. Is, is that your guys' experience? Yeah, I understand what you're yeah, saying. Like, very, like conversions, for example. Yeah, yeah, from, yeah exactly. It's, it's, it have a different impact yeah. than uh, other. Well, oh, my God, we're going to go deep. And, yeah. That. So, so, so for me, like, you know, are the uh, arm bounces and the handstands for me, it's a, it's a sense of like meditation, mm-hmm. right? But if I'm breaking and like b-boying, it's more of like a release of tension and stress, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, and then there's other movements within my own practice that makes me feel different with Pola with, with the, with the uh, Neo Sutras, I feel a sense of connection with my partner. Therefore I feel more wholesome if that makes any sense. So, so what you're saying makes out, you know, uh, makes a lot of sense. Like, and, uh, and it's really profound and really deep, you know, you know, the fact that you even thought about that and, you know, to piggyback what you're saying mm-hmm. is really profound because each, each practice, I do feel different in something 
true. Because yeah. even when you're doing something like with, you know, when you guys are doing like the, the couples of saunas, right? And you're doing synchronized movement with each other. Um, there's like, there's a thing where you, you say it like brings, you know, brings us closer together and like there's a sense of intimacy. And one could imagine, well, like from an outside point of view, um, oh, that must be like when I sit close to, you know, my, you know, my significant other. That must be like, you know, when I do like a gentle massage or something like that. But to like tape it a step forward where you have this like, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're anticipating their movement. You're trying to follow tempo. You're thinking about, you feel vulnerable because you could, you know, make a mistake there. You're, you're exposed and then you're, you're on each other's skin. But then if you like get, cause I'm thinking about like martial arts and flow, but if you get to the point to where you get into the flow state, right. And everything drops away, then you guys are just moving together. And, and I don't think you get there unless you have some sort of structure in place to take you there. It's amazing that you said that because usually when, when we and her do create, there's no effort in creating. We just, we just move and we just naturally start to create magic. <laughs> like I feel her and, and know like, okay, she's stuck in this position or, or you know what, she, she likes this flow. I, um, intuitively, I, I can really feel her, you know, and, and the same thing with her. Like, you know, she, she, you know, she can tell me, oh, if I'm too fast or like, too rigid so she can actually dictate my movements by feeling me so yeah that makes a lot of sense basically i'll translate what lamont's saying he's coming back to the point of stop thinking and just start feeling feeling so you don't need an actual structure uh if you're talking about improvisational movement and connection one another one with another uh the structure they are only needed if the movement's going to be choreographed and performed. Mm-hmm. But if you're just doing it for the purpose of connection, open up and be more receptive, more vulnerable, discover yourself and discover the other person, then you just basically need to feel, lead, correspond, lead, correspond, and give a space to the other to be in your space. And this is some another skill what we believe we should kind of learn, relearn or or re-remember right now because there's been a lot of boundaries put in between between men and women, between men and men, woman and woman. And um, this helping to actually start to feel again, coming back to the increase, to increase our intuition. When we don't need to talk, when we just simply need to feel the energy of the other. And we, we know when to step away, when to give a space, when to help and to lead, when to correspond and to flow. Those are, yeah, those are very complicated skills and we don't have an opportunity to practice them unless they're sexual, um, especially as when you're younger, I would imagine. Unless, I guess you have like, you know, you have a dance practice of some sort, right? You know, well. They are not complicated at all. They are easy. It's our natural ability. But you were so right when you said that we are just not practicing them. And nobody teaches. Some people teach us. But not every person even asking a question. Do I need to practice connectivity or do I need to practice intuition? (laughs) We doesn't have this type of discipline. That's why me and Lomava create uh, this practice. 
for every adult, for every human being or teenager to practice connectivity and to practice how to correspond, mm-hmm. how to feel the other human being in the space. Yeah, and as you stated, like like you said, you know, you have to find yourself through sexuality, but we've found a way to not make it sexual, but just make it more intimate. So we're not making love, but it's it's a simulation of making love through movement and dance. And then I would I would say it's not just this agenda, just you know, to to move uh, like you make in love. No, it's, it's about just the connection. To feel ecstatic movement. in connection with the other person. It's literally bringing up such a childish, beautiful happiness when you just feel that somebody else feel good around you. It just make you feel so wonderful. And then how your body can communicate. You don't need to do any verbal effort. You're just feeling. And that's what we actually so good at as a human beings. We're so good in sharing and feeling and responding and giving something what's missing for the other person. We just stop doing this. We just need to revisit it again. Uh, and so that's powerful because I I didn't had a situation when I was growing up where it was really hard for me to get a lot of um, attachments with people and to bond and to feel satisfied in that way. And I spent a lot of that time seeking for romantic relationships. And like I um, I became a dad when I was really young, when I was like seventeen. Um, and I, I realized that those things weren't necessarily cutting it, not the fatherhood, but the relationships and stuff. And you can't like, you can't, you can't depend on, on like romantic intimacy. I would, I think I would say, because there's not always somebody like that in your life. Um, but you can look on, you can find it within and then also within friends as well. Right. Um, and so what I had found through like martial arts and through jujitsu more specific was that having like physical play with other people was like probably the most nourishing thing for me. And it's been a way that I've like bonded with people. I probably felt like more connected to, to people in that realm than I had in any other realm in my life, including my family. And like, and I've, been doing jujitsu with my son for you know five years and it's the same there like and like and it's it's interesting because I didn't grow up with the dad so I didn't there was no like roughness you know and I always thought that that was really bad and and like because I just it wasn't mirrored or anything like that um and when I had friends later on in life that would do that I just would not I'd shut down and thought like I didn't receive it very well um, but when I got into martial arts, like I said, that was a way for me to get those connections. Um, but there was something about like being able to get really close with people and be completely vulnerable and push through those boundaries and then also learning how to respect them and while taking up space. Cause I didn't know that you could like be really good at something in the, in the moment. And then other people like cannot achieve that, right? Because you would win, let's say, but that's like a good thing and it's okay. And everyone else would support you in that. And you can be in a room where you trust people yourself and other people to do the same. Do you know what I mean? Where like everyone has the space to win in the moment and everyone has the space to do their best without having to feel like they should be like small and off onto the side. 
I, I want like it's so it's so um it's so uh, about where we at right now is as a species as a people we're always competing mm -hmm. we have so much competition with ourselves and yeah. this is actually what can damage damage us a lot because we feel that the competition should be everywhere mm -hmm. but it shouldn't we are simply able to just communicate and we can simply communicate through the movement and just exchange without competing with each other because we do not need to constantly constantly in every single subject prove that you better i'm better um we just simply different and that's the amazing place to be when you're stopping compete non-stop because it's it's really hard to live in that um type of dynamic mm -hmm. we are here to exchange well it's I, I have another perspective on that because sometimes competition like a healthy competition is good because it will make you get better for me like in my culture and b-boying the only reason why the dance form has evolved so much is because there is competition and 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 yeah you know and and of course there is a huge um disbalance in that culture but sometimes a healthy competition could be a good thing for 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 like growth but this is my perspective no i agree i didn't say i didn't say let's say if it's a championship you know that here you it's know your agenda i yeah, came yeah. to compete but if we're talking about practice where two people just literally connecting like contact improvisation yes. or partner yes. yoga nobody's competing yeah, there it's all connection a partner is there to just support you and yeah. help you and, and vice versa, versa. Mm -hmm. and this is amazing foundation because it helps you to relax mm -hmm. you compete you're not relaxed you're super focused you're super uh concentrated it takes a lot of energy mental physical um but when you're exchanging that's a different process that's where you opening up your resources you're discovering and for discovery you should be open and you can't compete while you're discovering this is a very uh, vulnerable uh fluid process See, I've seen that in high-level instructors in that in martial arts, or not in martial arts, but in the realm of just jujitsu, where you will have someone where it's like they're really they're like a black belt, for instance, and you often have people who are new or intermediate, and they always try so hard and want to, you know, very ambitious and achieve, and the whole point is is to like win, especially against this person that's been doing it for ten or fifteen years. But you find that like some people who who have a certain mindset will set little like traps they know what that person's like what they like to do and then they'll set a trap and see if they can get through the trap and they realize that the game is less about winning the game but more about playing it well and having that interaction some of the best people that i've like done in a a grappling um you vote with sparring with yeah is like they were they're less invested in winning than i am and the reason why i lose is because i'm so invested in winning in the first place and what and they taught me that lesson that that kind of what you're talking about but then i'll like transition it to to more of 
of what you guys do. Whereas I find that this is very satisfying, but I think it's satisfying in, in, you know, the two ways in terms of the comp or three ways, competition and martial arts, and then also that physical contact. But there, I haven't been introduced to a variety of ways to, or excuses to, to touch other people and to come into close physical contact for the sake of connecting with them. Um, And so I find that it'd be really interesting to be able to learn more about your guys' practice um, with doing the, the partner saunas. Yes. Um, Just to add to that, like uh, I feel like, and and, and, uh, hearing your, hearing your story, I feel because you didn't have a father, you wasn't taught how to, connect in certain ways and so same thing with me it it was really hard for me to connect with certain people on a certain level because I wasn't taught to be um I wasn't taught to connect in certain ways and so you know so basically like our our practice is mainly about really learning how to connect with yourself to 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 actually uh connect with others like loving yourself first honoring yourself first going through all whatever is learning yourself, understanding yourself. So that way, when your ideal partner comes, then you're ready to accept them because you may attract the partner, but you're not ready to, to like be with them because like you haven't worked on yourself yet. But the other thing we're working, we're working on ourselves during the lifetimes is never going to be end of this process. And it's also maybe a, um, a little bit like a delusion or perception that, oh, I'm just like, now I'm ready for my perfect partner. It's never going to happen. When you're going to have your partner, you guys going to go through a lot of different changes and waves and you will navigate yeah. through it. The question, how are you going to do it? Uh, are you going to be wise in this process? And there, uh, and, and then the practice of new sutras may help because we, um, learning and observing and putting into the into this uh practice everything what can help each couple or each individual to actually communicate in your relationship physically and verbally and how and emotionally and yes and how to actually sustain each other emotions how to sustain each other growth or downfalls how to navigate through it because we need to Keep in mind two subjects. First is physical subject. We need to make sure that our part that our partner is comfortable with us physically and vice versa. That our intimacy is very pleasurable for both partners, not for one. Mm-hmm. That uh, we're not experiencing pain uh, during this process, mm-hmm. and we able to uh, deliver. If so, if such thing happens, we need to able to deliver to the other in such form to not get to shut down this person or offend this person because it's very vulnerable topic. That's why most of the lovers not talking with each other about anything. They just pretend and it's cool, but it's not. And after it builds a severe trauma in person leading from one relationship to another relationship, keeping the same trauma and afraid to speak it out. And uh, this is a physical aspect just to know how your body can connect with each other, what's comfortable for one body, not comfortable for another body. Mm. Um, and this way we feel that it, we, we experience this care and we're more connected physically. And then we're learning how to communicate. We're learning how to vent. If we fight, fight short. If you've experienced in your strong emotion, do not suppress it. 
express it right away, say, I feel this and this, you know, like basically we find in the way of how efficiently communicate, we're learning it ourselves during the each uh, stage of our personal relationships. And we do fight too. We do have uh, disagreements too, but we learn, learned how to make it short and efficient. We're not wasting extra energy on these conflicts because conflict sucks so much energy of our lives and relationship and make it look very ugly. So we need to nutrient and fulfill it. And here practice of New Sutras come in really handy because it teaches uh, all these rituals and all these tools of how actually navigate your relationship. This school we never, we never, never learn anywhere. Yeah. And the system doesn't teach you that either. Uh, but we was talking yeah. my, with my teachers. Uh, I just was going through their training. My teachers also, uh, they they doing this training for couples, just a little bit from the different angle. And they was talking about why actually it's not interested for society, for men and women to be in a very good relationship together. Why the society makes us to conflict and compete with each other. Mm-hmm. It's because... We are not reasonable for society when we are uh, in this very severe bond because mm-hmm. we become an unstoppable unit. Mm-hmm. This is very hard to uh, affect by anything and to break it and to manipulate it. Family is the strongest structure possible. Mm-hmm. And when we build in these families with this integrity and with this knowledge and we really do care about each other deeply, we are unstoppable together. Mm-hmm. That's why we are not <laughs> that useful for the society division. because mm-hmm. we so many industries apart yeah. and we are not manipulatable anymore. Yeah. So by being aware of that, we, we really need to put the best intentions while we create a relationship and families. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and putting attention into, into how we do that and giving people the um, different skills to be able to manage that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They're, just, yes. they're, 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 they're doing their best to keep us all disconnected. <laughs> mask, no mask, uh, anti-vax, no vax, uh, yeah. black. All the extremes. Together as a unit, like us together as a unit together, like she said, we are completely unstoppable. Yeah. And so trying to find these different ways to keep us all disconnected and even ourselves. So it's about relearning. But I'm not talking even about this is, oh yeah, but if we even going to to the fact that men and women are in such a competition right now. Yeah, and there should be competition. It should and, be about... And we are... How can we, we work together? No, but we fear exactly. it can't compete. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to compete. We yeah. can't... Structure is different. different universe from the men's structure. We mm-hmm. get created differently because we have a different purposes. And now we're trying to mix everything in one basket by saying, no, I'm the strongest man. I'm as I'm a goal getter as man. I'm this and this. We it's not our purpose here, and that's why there is so many problems and a lot of more uh, psychological issues stepping in, depressions and all that stuff. Single people. It's only because we really start to be in such a competition. We start to sue each other for, for everything, and this is not vital. until we're going to understand who we are and why we're here, women need to understand it for themselves and men need to understand it for themselves and follow their real purpose. 
we're going to feel so much better about ourselves then we don't need to prove anything to each other and this is completely other topic which is quite long um so i'm not going to talk about the purposes of men and women we just had a last talk on our instagram about it it's very interesting i'd it's love it for round two about that that would be cool yeah <laughs> round two we're down for round two yeah because I, I, cause I even find it interesting as a single father and where I've and been raised by a single mother. Uh, and I, I try to do, like, put on all the hats for my son. And yeah. I'm not saying that I can't necessarily, like, I could go, like, I'm, I was, I grew up very, very more, pretty feminine. And I, I realized and like learned about my masculinity, I guess, through like these recreation and, mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, and then also in relation to people in that space, you know, but then when it comes to my son, I got this one thing. Okay. My son falls, right? Kid falls, hits the ground hard and they cry. And there's two things you can do. Um, you can go in, well, probably a lot of things, but you can go in and you can comfort them and you could take the tone and get and become very like nurturing. Um, oftentimes what that will do is, is they'll, they'll continue to have that kind of reaction. They'll be very sad. Right. And, um, but that's like a beautiful thing. It's important to do, right. It's important to provide that love and provide that, like that comfort in, in times of distress. Okay, but here's the other side. Um, if he falls, and if I look at him, and he looks at my face, you know, I'm thinking more of like a toddler, um, and I smile, he won't cry. Mm -hmm. And so what do you do? How can you do both of those things at once? And I, I have a hard time with this, like where I, I am the person for some years or like some weeks or months, right, who's going to be more nurturing. And I try to, and I have that mind mindset going into it. But then I find that I start having problems cropping up in the opposite side, in the place of orderliness and setting boundaries and, you know, being consistent with routines and stuff like that. But then I like, so I oscillate back and forth between these two extremes. But as when I have two people, it doesn't really matter when there's somebody else and we oscillate on our own thing, when I'm way over here, and I'm, you know, really compassionate and loving, but, you know, I might be struggling with orderliness and setting clear boundaries and being firm. Someone else is over here catching me. Yeah. And when I'm, one, yeah. That. Go. One word for all that is balance. Mm, yeah. Because, you have to, because like you just said, like, you, you know, I'm, I'm torn between the both, but why not just everything in life is in harmony, which is balance. Mm -hmm. Everything has season cycles. Everything is a perfect balance. Male, female. If you're raising a, a kid, you need the mother and the father, you know, to like balance out what's going to happen for the kid. Yeah. And, and to a little, bit of feminine, little bit of feminine. But I'm going to step in and I'm going to ask a question. What you win probably have. Okay. How to find this balance? Can you tell me exactly how to find it? What should I do? Like, it's easy to say when we're talking, oh, yeah, let's find a balance. Okay, but what is this balance? And I would love to go a little bit under this situation on the basics, on the fundament. You are, was born as a man. You are a man and your son is a future man, is a man. He's a little man right now, but he's going to be a big man one day. And you cannot be mother and father. And you shouldn't be mother and father because your role 
is a man. In this life, in this reincarnation, you are man. And your purpose as a man is to, you can still give love. You can still give kindness. You can still show the structure and how to have thought, action, and result for your son, because this is very important for a man to do. But you can do it, be in you, and not try and be being a feminine for that. Just being 100% in your man essence. So your son feel you authentically. And it doesn't mean that you cannot be kind. And you cannot be, be, father, cannot yeah. be sweet yeah. and cannot be sometimes a little rough and honest. It's all you. Men actually if we're went that direction, men actually is born with the yin energy, which is feminine energy. And their purpose is to grow the yang energy, masculine energy during the life. And we girls are, are opposite. So for men, it is a challenge during the life to grow the masculine energy. And you guys have a kindness in the first and foremost way. Men is very kind. Yeah, is They're born already kind. Yeah, They're born already being able to receive pleasure easily. They're so open. And so a lot of people taking advantage on kind men because they think it's a weakness, but it's not. Mm -hmm. It's actually Bingo. the biggest, the biggest uh, source of energy you have and you can grow anything out of this kindness. But basically what I wanna say shortly, it can be frustrating to be both parents, but you definitely shouldn't be both. You just should be you and being this amazing father, this man figure, and your son gonna feel it, gonna read it, and uh, he gonna remember it till the rest of his life. And one day you will find a beautiful uh, partner and she will take a space for the feminine energy. But meanwhile, your son gonna be nurtured by your kindness and your example we cannot like we don't have kids but uh we realize in our experiences and when we was a kid your parents cannot tell you what to do they need to be this we are learning we just seen them as an example and we unconsciously taken it yeah my but and uh you know to add to what she's saying is that my examples were not always great and not positive and Mine so, either. We and, both grew up in yeah, a violent family. Very violent, physically yeah. abused, uh, mentally, verbally abused, and you can carry that with you. And so, when you identify that, but you know, I'm I'm glad that you clarifying like how you feel and trying to find that balance. But what she said is so so true. Be yourself, be authentic, and you can be the strong father figure, but then still be you know supportive and and smooth, but still like your foundation is a father. Because we're trying to, a lot of times in life, we catching ourselves compromising, compromising our real essence. And this is the worst thing we can do to ourselves. We should be truly to our real essence. And in this life, if we have the body of the man and the body of the woman, this is kind of, you know, like the obvious <laughs> indicator, hey, this is who I am here. So I should go with that. I should not go against it. I should go with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's interesting because I, I find that if I'd compromise on that, it would 
actually, instead of me feeling like it's doing more, it would be me not being able to tolerate the grief of imagining my son not having his mom. And so more respect would be to have the discipline to be able to be okay with that kind of grief or suffering and to be able to hold space and to act and is in my true nature within that. And that's a hard thing to do because I think we do that. I think people find themselves doing that a lot where they do things that they feel is that's good nature. But I think sometimes it's um, trouble resisting the, the negative feelings that they have inside and trying to absolve themselves of that. Yeah. We could, we could, we could talk for days. Yeah, I think we can. Yeah. Um, and it's, there's another thing that I, that I found though. And I, I wanted to know is, is how, how does, how does dance ex- express you yourselves emotionally? Like if you could um, give some context to that for people who don't dance at all. Well, well, for me, I grew up very, like very aggressive, um, very angry constantly angry and my only way to release or dissolve that was through my dancing i just put it all into something like if you can't put this this energy into something especially like constructive it's going to be really hard and this you know this is what leads to like drugs or suicide whatever it's straight it starts uses you yeah exactly thank you and so for mine was breaking b-boy because breaking b-boy takes a lot of energy so i would I make myself tired just from training. Like, okay, I got to get to this point. Like I got to just put it all on the floor. And when I'm finished, it goes away until, until it comes again. So find a way. I mean, mine has always been through movement and dancing first as well, but that's my story. The movement is the safest form of self-expression. And why it's safest, it's because you can experience, express your anger your frustration, anxiety, whatever you're feeling through the movement without harming the other person. You are turning your emotions into the art form and they become beautiful. They become something which everybody can accept and feel compassion about. But if you're going to go outside and scream on your neighbor, you're right away going to be judged. You're going to create the future karma when this neighbor is going to scream on you and everybody going to hit each other. Um, but if you're simply going to dance, you're just going to turn on the music, which just fits your mood, mm-hmm. close the doors, and just start moving. And you don't need to be a professional dancer to move. You Absolutely. can move your way. Explore your movements. Explore your body. Just like literally get in this curious mode. Step away from your, from your perception. I'm good. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I learned it from Lamont because for me, uh, as for you, and I guess we kind of mentioned in this, uh, I was trained to compete. And uh, I also grew up in a very rigid uh, society. Russian culture, Siberian culture was very rigid. And I was so strict about everything. And the first time we start practicing, he's like, why are you so hard on yourself? You need to enjoy can you just stop judging your movements? Can you just let them be? Express. And I had a judgment about every single movement. I have, oh, my hand is wrong. My foot is ugly. Oh, and he's like, why are you judging it? It's just a move. Yeah, and it's your freedom of expression. You need to feel free while you just just step away from this beautiful, not beautiful perception. Mm-hmm. 
and just express. Mm -hmm. And after right away, you feel freedom. You feel free because it's basically this energy, which is getting stuck Mm -hmm. in certain parts of the body, start to agitate, start Mm -hmm. to bother. Mm -hmm. And if it's not finding a way out, it's going to, it's going to keep bothering and it's Mm -hmm. transferring into some disease, physical or psychological. Absolutely. And movement is medicine. It's it, like, it's so much medicine, so much, so much, you know, even, you know, like a lot of my B-boy friends, break dancers, they come from broken homes. Mm-hmm. And so most of them, you know, didn't have a father or mother, really, really abusive. And they put all that on the floor. Mm-hmm. Typical B-boy, like they didn't have a good family structure. And you know what? Their only way to escape was through breaking, which is essentially movement, you know, but you're not hurting other people. Like you're not hurting somebody, you know, it's like, you're not going to break anybody's nose. No, it's all about you're just expressing your movement on the floor. And then people can see that and then be inspired by that. And that's like, that's that thing where it's like, you're able to take like whatever challenges and whatever, you know, um, pain that you have and you can use it as something to grow your own self and to create this like, but on top of it, this performance that other people are able to get their own experience out of. And that's what's like, it's interesting from someone who's like, you know, I'm going to do calisthenics to become, to get fitness, right? Or I'm going to do the yoga to be fitness, like on that very surface level. But then it's like, well, how do I share that with people? How does that, how is that in expression? Because when you do like calisthenics or something like that, you're following initially a very rigid routine. And then it comes to the point to where it's like, you know, well, what can I do? What do I want to do? Because you don't do a handstand just to achieve the handstand. There's like, you realize there's way more to that. More. (laughs) Much more. So yeah, uh, so much more to express. And I feel like that's where the artistry comes in. Just having an open mind. You're not expressing yourself through doing fitness. Mm -hmm. You are, you're just, you doing fitness. You're doing how like healthy exercises which is going to tone your muscle etc etc you are not feeling ecstatic Mm -hmm. you may feel sometimes really good when you're like oh i feel energized and stuff but you are not really expressing yourself you know through the squats or push-ups so you can express yourself through them yeah through the movement because it's going to be your signature mm-hmm. exactly it's going to be your speed it's your choreography it's going to be your... your tempo of breathing mm-hmm. it's going to be your um transformation of energy how you're going to navigate it mm-hmm. that's going to be fully your signature nobody will do it same as you yeah. do and there's freedom and there's nobody telling you oh well you're supposed to move this way and that's why I was telling her before she was so, so caught up. And I was like, no, like you are an amazing mover. Have the freedom. This is, this is where you go to get away from the world's problems mm-hmm. and your stress. Yeah. You get on the floor and you move and this is your therapy. This is why you do it, you know? Yeah. And so this, and this is why we team the, you know, coin the term conscious movement, conscious exercise, because you know, it, in the uh, fitness culture, everything's so extreme and people are getting beat up, like getting fucked up. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> But are people, uh, people are getting damaged. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you got to push harder. You got to go and until you, know you can't go anymore. Why. And it's like, dude, like, and where's also, the consciousness? Exactly. And, and, and uh, a lot of people got damaged. And I was damaged so many times. 
it's because we're listening to some person who is telling our body what to do instead of feeling our personal body and say, okay, honey, now we need to rest. Oh, okay. Now we're going to do five more squats. Can we do it? Yes, we can. And it's like you talking to yourself, but you're listening. And if you're burning, if your muscles are shaking and personal trainers say, no, 10 more, 15 more, but you say your body's saying, Hey, I'm not ready. Exactly. You're pushing me to hard work. We need to listen to it. That's that's like only knowing the menu and never knowing the meal. Right. Yes, exactly. And that coach is most likely going through his own or his or his or her own personal struggles and they're venting onto you. And so it's about being conscious and mindful about everything you're doing. Everything should be conscious. Everything should be aware. Like, why am I doing this? And you, and you know what? Clearly what she says, your body is telling you, Hey, you need to chill. Like I'm shaking. Let me <laughs> ease up a little bit. Leave me alone. Yeah. So we need to listen to, we need to come back to the source Listen to what God's gave you. We have all instruments to feel it. Intuition. Emotions, it's what's telling us how, where we at. Emotional is our navigation point. Then our body, if it hurts, then we should pay attention why and adjust certain things to navigate it and, you know, to bring it back to together. To be and able have, to like learn about it, right? Yeah. Because, and it's, interesting you talked about earlier how like sports is like a you know uh, more of a diagnostic tool right in terms of like what's going on inside of your body um because you could do a sport and you could realize like oh i got something going on in my hip or my leg something that i see often in like um jujitsu you know and like rock climbing would be another one but you get these like just doing it alone not everybody makes it to the other end without like chronic injuries, you know, with like shoulders rolling forward and, and all of these kinds of things. Um, but with yoga, it seems to incorporate like the whole range of things like you guys talked about before. And like, if you look at, you know, if you just do strength training, right, you would have to put together a whole understanding of like the body and range of motion and mobility and and stuff like that. And even your relationship to the feelings inside, right. But I find like yoga in, if you're someone who really likes a given sport, um, yoga is a, a, seems to be an amazing complement in terms of longevity and then also self-discovery. Um, could you guys speak to that a little bit and how like yoga is an opportunity for people to like, I don't know, build strength, mobility, but then get into the spiritual aspect, even if they don't mean to. Do jiu-jitsu and like other fighting martial arts, they wasn't born uh, for purposes to make person like, you know, healthier. Mm-hmm. It, it was more, you need to learn how to fight. You need to learn defense mechanism. It's not supposed to be healthy. It's not the target of this. Uh, I mean, practice. you're moving, but it's but no. But, but again, the the but, movement can can harm, and the movement can cure. When you're fighting, this is a very aggressive form of exactly. movement. It teaches the intention you is to hurt. It's it to teaches combat. you how to protect yourself and how to uh, you know turn on your defense mechanism mm-hmm. and how to attack. Yoga is a very peaceful Union. movement, and it's. Um, Direct it to you, towards you, Peter. and to make 
you the best version of your possible self, spiritually, physically, and in uh, in terms of guiding your emotions, because you cannot control them, but you can guide them. You're upgrading yourself, basically. You're this, upgrading yourself. Here you go. And this practice is for you. Mm-hmm. It's made for you to be healthy, mm-hmm. for you to live long, uh, beautiful life without any health complications, any mental complications. It's bringing your life to ease. That's what yoga for me is the only practice which is able to uh, scientifically prove, because a lot of people like science, that your brain is switching off while you, uh, what's happening when we, let's say, performing some asana, which needs a lot of concentration, not just the mental concentration, but intense density of your muscles. Mm-hmm. Like you're really holding some pose and like all your body's squeezing. This time your brain is switching off because all the power and, fo- and focus going towards you. Hold it. Your muscles are on the edge. Ooh. Sorry about that. So, so your mind is switching off. And what's happening? The mind cleans. Mm. Because we think you non-stop. And during your practice, your mind is just listening. It stops. It stops jump from all over the place. It's right there. You're coming back to your heart. And you just start feeling. Plus, of course, I'm not talking about the benefits on all the aspects possible. Flexibility, strength, mobility, balance. What else? What if focus, focus, uh, union. No, well, actually, well, I mean, the whole thing, one word to just sum it all up is union. That's what union. they say in yoga is union. Yoke. Yoke. It's everything. Your mental, physical, spiritual, everything. You're connecting, you're upgrading yourself. Because you're getting the strength, you're getting the balance, you're getting the flexibility, you're getting the spirituality, everything at the same time while breathing and honoring your body, mind, and spirit. And it's, you're upgrading yourself. It's like general cleansing for your body. Yeah, you know, it's like you like you would do the general cleansing for your house. Yeah. And you would go under the each carpet and clean all the crap out and the windows and polish everything. That's mm-hmm. what you do with yoga to your own self, mm-hmm. including mm-hmm. your on your physical aspect. absolutely when 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 i was just only breaking only doing one thing only b-boying only breaking my body was always beat up always damaged and of course you know what like i was getting you know my my uh, workout and my venting mm-hmm. but i wasn't honoring my body and my spirit until yoga c- came into my practice my practice enhanced tenfold when i started yeah. doing yoga That's- i got up automatically and, and and like you know again same happened with me because i stopped to compete mm-hmm. like i did in my in the dance companies in the past and i just start to enjoy and listen mm-hmm. and i wasn't uh rushing myself if i didn't get certain pose in a year i'm like okay i don't need to compete with nobody i compete and only with myself like okay i'm gonna get better next year and you know what to uh piggyback on what she's saying when I was in competition, even in yoga, because because you're always learning, always a student, never a master, right? I was forcing the poses, and guess what? I hurt myself. So it's about patience, and yoga teaches you patience as well. How to be okay where you are, and that you're going towards a yeah. goal, and to be patient and okay <laughs> with it. And I, my, my silly ass, I'm sorry, excuse my French, yeah, my, you're good. 
I was like, I want to get this pose right away because I want to have it. I want to have it. Mm -hmm. Because you will stick to the pose, not yeah. to the process. And my body was like, Which okay, I'm going to show you. Mm -hmm. Bam, pull my back. Couldn't walk for two days. Mm -hmm. So again, yoga teaches you so many things. You couldn't, for, couldn't walk for two days. I couldn't walk for six months when I injured my back. Mm. I was six months. Six months she was wow. injured dancing. And it's because of the rigid structure of the dancing when dancing and movement should be your liberation, not a job or prison. Mm -hmm. It should be your liberation. It should be your freedom. Not, not like, oh, this is like a dictatorship. It's not supposed to be that way. Movement is freedom. Yeah. Yeah, I wish everybody teaching in that way. But that's what that's <laughs> i love that's what you guys are doing too it's it's so great because it's like that's where i had it with you know with people where it's like you know i could sit there and i could have my experience right but this movement isn't just for means to the end it is the experience in and of itself absolutely it's like enriching and it's more enriching than like an awesome film you could watch or like you know even a even a substance that you could take in some way it's like it's something that's always there. Like I work with these kiddos that were like, um, were emotionally and behaviorally delayed children in like a school district. And I work with the high school kiddos and usually the high school kids are, um, more just like not going to school and in gangs and stuff like that. But I was like, Hey, listen, we can get, you can get high in school. There's this thing called holotropic breathing. And it was like, we were just like talking about, um, going for a run. So that you can feel exhilarated and you can feel stimulated trying to do like um, they had really a struggle in um, focusing in class and we were doing um, planches. But the planches, though, where it was like it was learning to it's a huge focus thing, you know, yeah. and it takes a lot of focus and a lot of commitment and control with the breathing and mm -hmm. Those were the things kind of like what you're talking about earlier or what at the time stimulated them and wanted them to be engaged. That's what they wanted to learn. And, mm. and for me as a kid in school where I wasn't really getting with the material and engaged with that and challenging Same. myself, I found these things, you know, when I'm 19 and now it's like, you know, my whole life is filled with these, these things that I fell in love with them. And it's so nourishing and it's not nourishing to achieve in them or anything, but to share in this beautiful moments with these people and to get to know myself more. Absolutely. Um, I mean, me in high school, I, I completely sucked in high school. I was not engaged. I was not focused at all, but I was really focused on movement. And so what I will, you know, what I, what I understand is that everybody's brain makeup is different. Like people, people have genius in different ways. And so a person cannot be literate in like book stories, but, 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 you know, but, but, but be a genius in other forms of like education or whatever it is. So mm -hmm. it's like, you know, uh, you know, just piggyback what you're saying. I was not focused in high school at all. I was just more into physical activity. And that was, that was my jam the whole time because I could not sit down and concentrate unless it was about space space and um nature was my favorite thing but like math and like history i hated it like yeah. I, no I, didn't, I couldn't do it <laughs> and yeah. I, I like think about a lot with teaching my son uh i, I get into this thing as a parent where you might have all these good ideas and you realize that the harder you try the less it's really going to happen uh, and that you can't control what really someone does in a lot of ways you're just you're you're an influence and you're a role model 
Um, you can only, and like this might sound a little dark, but you can only control someone as far as you could restrain them. And the same thing for like a dog, so on and so forth. And I really believe that in terms of like the kiddos I worked with and stuff, it was always like, you really want these expectations. And if someone genuinely doesn't want that, at what lengths will you go to make those expectations reality? And I had learned that I would dial it back substantially more than probably most people just for my own personal thing, because I think we are innately curious in our own way. And I think that susses out just fine at large. Like it's everyone will kind of shuffle into their own thing and we'll all do, do what's necessary and get what's done. Um, But I'm more interested in teaching people how to understand the, their intuitive self and figure out you know what part of that inside of them wants their best nature and and has their interests in mind and having in developing that relationship with themselves so that they could you know bring that into the world more and and be positive influences i so i think about with my son if i wanted to teach him like values and character and self-worth there's not that it's i denigrate it but there's a place for telling him the explicit rules and lessons that I have to impart. But then there's another thing where I can give him the experience. He can, through yoga, through, you know, climbing, through art, he can learn Mm self-worth in his own realm without me propagandizing and detailing every little lesson he's going to encounter. Rather, I can introduce him to these experiences Absolutely. He can come to me with his own challenges that he had. Maybe he doesn't, he has a poor self-image or he's overly confident. And then I can manage it in that experience rather than filling it with all this pretense. And that's why I think recreation is like one of the most beautiful and spiritual forms of like developing ourselves. Because like you guys could have all the information in the world. But if you were to write it out explicitly and that were the only way I were to learn that information, it could be fraught with cognitive biases written in it, even Mm -hmm. if you don't mean to. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also, it's not going to be me. But when you go and try to do yoga or you ask yourself what kind of physical self-expression or way to express myself, period, works for me, they can get to all those general lessons you guys talk about in their own terms. And it's less likely to be fraught with cognitive bias, right? Like if people are going to go do yoga and learn these things and come to you with all their realizations, that's going to be more of a genuine experience rather than them only listening to you lecture about them and internalizing those lessons. Absolutely. Like, uh, you know, uh, allowing the person to find it, uh, like your son, like, you know, he, he may want something, you know, completely different, you know, from, from uh, you know, what you're offering him. Um, but it's good to say, Hey, you know, this is what's available because typically what happens in the, uh, father, I mean, I mean, family structure is that the kid will naturally always tend to like, um, uh, what is it? Um, uh, rebel against a parent and it's normally because they don't like what they're being taught versus them finding themselves like, Oh, let me find myself both of my phase. And then, Hey, son or daughter this is what's available versus forcing it down them, you know, down the throat or something. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing where you can have the question of like, well, what, as opposed to like, well, you know, 
getting putting more tension and stress there you could have the question like well, why do you feel that way and what don't you like about this or what would it look like if it were different and that's like those points of self that's where you like you teach someone instead of like you know teaching someone to fish or giving someone a fish you teach them how to fish for the whole lifetime and they could figure out how to problem solve conflict with inside and that's where i think it's like a greater thing you know where like you're learning this inner world and getting more to that spiritual practice through the, your form of recreation or your, your, your interest, right. Through this, through this, through play, really. I mean, like if I look at you guys and you see yoga and then I see performing like a lot of like high, it looks like high level physical play and through high level physical play, you get to learn all about this internal world. And there's books I know that are written about these concepts, but y'all seem to have gained more of that wisdom from playing. Yeah. Yes. And, and that's a beautiful book. And, and you know what it is? It's exactly just that, like, we're literally just playing. Like, me and her get so excited about practicing. We're like, oh, my God, like, let's practice tonight. You know, whether it's aqua yoga or, or like, individual or, like, content creation or, or just concept movement. We're so excited, but it boils down to us just playing because at the end of the day, we're all still kids. And we wrote a book for for couples and not only. We wrote the book and it's accessible. You can find the book on our website. And it's a perfect place to start practice new sutras in your life. Person who wants to attract the partner uh, should read this book person who are already in relationship doesn't matter just starting dating or being in a marriage for a long time because if you are dating you need to know how to communicate and set the foundation in the beginning mm -hmm. if you are in a long-term relationship you need to know how to fulfill it and spice it up the whole time mm -hmm. otherwise it's gonna die if you're single you need to know why you're single you need to figure out yourself and what to you attract want. to attract the person uh, with who you're really going to enjoy your life. Mm -hmm. So for this, we created this wonderful uh, edition, this wonderful book, which is an e-format, and everybody can access it on www.newsutras.net. I'll be yeah. sure to leave the links to that in the show notes too. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, you have any any last uh, or last questions you want to go before no. we? You guys should be good. Is there uh, anywhere people could check out any of you guys' performances online? We are not doing online performances in the moment, but Yet. if you uh, if you want to stay tuned in terms of everything we do, the best way follow us on Instagram at Neo Sutras. At Neo Sutras. And Facebook. We have a Facebook page at Neo Sutras. Uh, and and just you know, and just yeah. check Instagram every so often. We have all um, information there and visit our website, which I already know, which I already um, uh, specified. specified. Yeah, so we have all four platforms. We have Instagram, YouTube, uh, Facebook, but and our website. Is there Instagram? It's the fastest way to find us and to see where we are because uh, during the pandemic, a lot of performances was just canceled. And so we did a few online mm -hmm. shows but we enjoy a real crowds and we enjoy real workshops with the real people so this will be announced for sure yeah all right cool well it was funny before the uh pandemic we were supposed to do a workshop in seattle oh really what <laughs> we're supposed to do a workshop <laughs> in seattle. <laughs> same month it was like march it was like 
then it hit. We're like, oh man, it just, it stopped. So we'll be back. Yeah. I'll keep an eye out. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate this, Paula and Lamont. Thank you. Thank you, Win, for this fantastic conversation. We enjoyed it sincerely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate it. Oh, is that absolutely? Yeah. It's Joey. Say hi. Hey, Joey. You wave. Oh, (laughs) he slinked away. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. He's like, bye. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Will. It's uh honor and pleasure to have us. And you were looking forward to hearing it again. And thank you so much for everything. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for your time. And I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Okay. Likewise, brother. All right. Bye. See you okay. later, brother. It was a pleasure getting to talk to Lamont and Paula. They are such a cool couple and interesting people individually. I loved how they they take this they come into this thing from a place of self-expression and then find themselves doing yoga so that you know they can connect with their body and it's a completely different perspective where I come from where you know I come into into yoga trying to change achieve some level of like you know health and fitness or whatever that I have in my mind and then I find myself um that not cutting it and exploring and discovering that this it's a means of self-expression and being able to understand how I feel um, about myself and, and also the the pain that I have in my body and my relationship and narrative to that and my narrative to you know trying hard and this whole encapsulation of this experience. Um, it's beautiful to be able to talk to somebody or people who have gotten to a similar place and in their own ways. And they're like leagues ahead of me with that kind of understanding and the things that they've learned. It's nice to be able to glean that knowledge, especially from people who are so open and honest about their experience. Um, You can check out more about Paula and Lamont and their book Neo Sutras um, at on becominghumanpodcast.com or the show notes. Uh, you can find their book on neosutras.net. You can also find them on Instagram at neosutras. And I also leave links to both their individual Instagram accounts. Um, they both have some pretty cool content, more specific to, to yoga and, and performance. Um, and I'm going to play you guys out with a song by East Forest and Ram Dass called Perfect Perfect. It's got some beautiful energy. I think that matched this conversation quite well. Uh, and I hope y'all are enjoying the approaching spring. Surely is going to be an exciting year of adventures. Thank you.
Yeah.